Lock and Load. This is GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Georgia Carry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. The leader in the fight to reclaim and expand our Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. Here's your host, Executive Director of GeorgiaCarry.org, Jerry Henry. Welcome to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. Uh, Jerry Henry here, the last time this year that you have to listen to me. I uh, hope it's going to be a fairly good show. We're going to talk about several things. I want to remind everybody that that tomorrow night, New Year's Eve, is a, is a night that you really need to watch yourself. If you're out partying, for God's sakes, be careful. you got to, you got an awful lot of drunks out on the road. Uh, most of us that are out would be uh, in the, some sort of condition as well. So you have to really watch it and see what's going on. Uh, just take it easy. If you have to spend the night somewhere, spend the night somewhere. It's worth it to to get home safe and sound to to the family. And uh, you can bet that I will be having my usual uh, very boring New Year's Eve at home. We started off when we first got married 46 years ago having uh, a couple of couples over to the house play cards and didn't drink a whole lot. No, I did if I was at home, but I didn't if I was at their house because I'd have to drive home and, and dodge the other drunks. And we did that for years and years and years. And now that we're into grandkids, uh, now most of the time they kind of have to wake us up about midnight and tell us that it's midnight so we can kiss and go back to sleep. But uh, it's uh, it times changes and and times have changed with the with the getting caught on alcohol. Back in the you know twenty five thirty years ago, it wasn't so bad. Mothers Against Drunk Driving came along. And some of the penalties are kind of tough, and there'll be an awful lot of people out looking uh, tomorrow night. So, so just kind of, kind of remember to watch yourself and and uh, and take care of yourself and your family, and get home to everybody, and and let's have a good year and and start off next year. I want to talk about just a few things that happened this year and a few things that are going on. And um, one of the things that happened, I, I figured out uh, just this morning. Uh, this is my 48th broadcast. I never dreamed that it was quite that much. Uh, Marshall here didn't think it was quite that much either. He was kind of surprised. Uh, we've uh, we've recorded uh, forty five uh, different shows, and and three of them were replays. And uh, we try not to replay anymore. And I think if you look back, we've had some really good guests. On the way over, I was thinking about all the guests, and I started writing them off in my head. And every time I'd get to where I thought it was the end, I'd think of two or three more. So I don't think I'm gonna going to mention all the guests today or try to mention them because I don't want to upset somebody if I if I forget to include them. But we've had, uh, well, I think uh, there have probably been about 40 of those shows that we've had guests. So uh, there's been an awful lot of guests. Some of them have been repeated, but uh, no more than twice. And we're going to continue to try to do that next year. Uh, as you know, right after the first of the year, uh, the after the next program, in fact, the General Assembly will be open next year uh, for business. So we'll be ready to, to start working on that and let you know exactly what we're trying to do and when we need your help. Got to remember that a couple of things about uh, any of the General Assembly sessions. The first thing that they do is they pass a budget, start working on the budget. And they don't do a whole lot more in the first couple of weeks other than work on that budget. The budget may not be passed then, but that's what they're working on and concentrating on. So any bills that we're going to have come up will come up sometime after that. They'll 
they'll take the pre-files, they'll take the reads and, and all and get them into committee. And, of course, everything that, uh, that didn't pass last year uh, is still in uh, the session. It's still a valid bill. So they they may work on some of those. They may take some new ones. We're expecting to have a couple of new bills. So we just have to see how it goes. We'll keep you involved with that, let you know what's going on, not only by the radio program but by email as well. Um a couple of things happened this year that uh, we thought was pretty nice. One of them was uh, HB 280. We did get campus carry. There's uh, uh, a lot of places are off limits that we wish weren't off limits, but an awful lot of places are not off limits, which were off limits. So we feel that we've made a lot of progress in doing so. We want to continue to try to push that, uh, depending on how uh, depending on how far anybody wants to push that. This is an election year. Uh, Nathan Dill governor has decided or has in the past uh, been been kind of against us on that although he did sign the law so i'm not sure that we're going to get anything uh, new to expand that next year but we will try if we can we will we also passed 292 which had an awful lot of, of good things in it uh, one of the things it did was change the definition of a knife from uh, a blade greater than five inches to a grade blade greater than 12 inches uh that means that uh, you can carry a, a knife up to uh, 12 inches long without a Georgia weapons license. Uh, prior to that, you couldn't do that. Now, you can also carry it. Um, if you remember, you can carry a, a uh, pistol, either openly or concealed, when you're uh, hunting uh, with a valid hunting or fishing license or uh, and on property that you have permission to hunt or fish on. Uh, you can carry one without a license. Well, that's now been extended to a knife. Prior to that, you couldn't carry that as a knife because it was a weapon and was not uh, was not uh, excluded from the statute. Um, it gave us uh, prior to to this year when someone moved here from say I always say Texas because that's where I'm originally from. Anybody that lives in Texas now has a concealed handgun uh, permit over there. They can carry over here when they're visiting the same way you or I can. But in the past, until July the 1st of this year, with the signing of this bill, if they moved over here, the day that they became a citizen of Georgia, their license was no longer good. They now have 90 days after they get that license and become a, after they get their driver's license and become a citizen of Georgia to get their uh, Georgia weapons license, and they can carry on the old license as long as it continues to be uh, effective as long as it's not uh, expired. Um, we also, uh, if you remember, the the lieutenant or the attorney general last year, uh, the one who recently resigned from Kennesaw State, uh, he he decided that anybody under twenty one, uh, that any state that did not recognize anybody under twenty one, he would not give reciprocity to uh, in the Virginia case, at any rate, when Virginia asked for it. And so we got that changed to where that no longer applies. Any state that doesn't uh, allow anyone under 21 to carry cannot, we cannot deny reciprocity just because of that. Um, uh, the uh, the judge of, of some of the probate courts had been just suspending uh, the issuance of the license uh, for or the processing of the license 
for whatever reason they intended, they just say, well, I'm going to have a hearing next month, so we're suspended until that time. They can no longer do that. Um, it also defined the process for revocation of a license when a license holder is adjudicated of any crime that would prohibit the maintenance of a GWL. People have been complaining about that for years, that there was no way to, to do that. And there really wasn't a legal way to do it. Uh, you could you could go by word of mouth. Now you can't do that because the probate court cannot uh, just tell anybody who's got a license and who doesn't have a license. Also, you couldn't change a name on the GWL or um, you couldn't change your address uh, through HB 292. Uh, you can now do that if your GWL is uh, expires uh, in a period greater than 90 days from the time you petition to have your name changed or your address changed. Uh, and that was a good thing because a lot of women, when they were getting married, they were being told that they had to go back and reapply for a new license uh, because the name change mean, meant they were somebody else besides who they are. We also um, defined commercial service airport and major airline carrier. That was due to the wings over North Georgia uh, ruling from the judge up there where they dropped our case because it was a, a commercial service airport and they didn't have to to go by the state laws. Uh, I can assure you that they no longer meet the definition of a commercial service airport, and there is no major airline carrier that gets there. Gave protection to firearms instructors. There were an awful lot of firearms instructors that were were concerned because the, they were afraid that if somebody that they trained went out and committed a crime, that they might be sued along with everybody else. As you know, nowadays, everybody tries to sue everybody on anything they can get done. Well, this bill prohibits that. It protects them as long as they are teaching properly and uh, as long as uh, uh, the guy actually committed a crime, then they, they cannot come back on them. Uh, and as usual, it uh, it added more persons to uh, the exemption list, 1611-130. seems like every year we have to add more people to that list. And uh, as we go on, we continue to to get uh, more and more places, but we can't get added to that list. That's one of the things we would like to do, whether we're going to get it done or not. I'm not sure that, that we'll get it done in a, in a quick period of time, but it's something that comes up, I can assure you, every year in the legislature. We would like to be added to that list and be able to carry work anywhere anybody else does or anywhere any of the law enforcement carries. It would be a good thing for us just to be able to do it and go on. Uh, there were a couple other things I want to talk to you about here uh, coming up uh, that were still in the state issue. But uh, it's about time to take a commercial break. I want to remind you one more time, we're georgiacarry.org. Our website's www.georgiacarry.org. You can follow us at georgiacarry on Twitter. I'm at gotyourback64. You can go to our website. You can join up. You can renew. You can learn anything you want to about us. You can contact me. You can download the commercial-free podcast there, as well as you can download the commercial-free podcast here at Newstalk1160.com. We will be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. Uh, we uh, left talking about uh, things that had happened here in the state this year. 
And I ran across a little uh, item just yesterday. A number of GWLs issued in 2016. As you know, most of the records, any time you see a record about anything from any of the governments, it's at least a year behind. And this is no difference. But according to the records from the Judicial Council of Georgia, it's the Administrative Office of the Courts, Georgia added 208,963 Georgia weapons license holders in 2016. That means that uh, the five-year period from 2012 to 2016, Georgia had 858,993 Georgia weapons license holders. Now, that's in 2016. We've been saying for quite some time that there were 750. Well, we said back in 2014 that we felt there were about 750,000. That being the case, I would say that our, our numbers were, were probably pretty well right. And that breaks down to an average of about 171,000 uh, licenses per year. That being the case, if that holds true, and I'm not saying that it does because people drop off the rolls, people add on, on to the rolls, etc. But we've experienced quite a growth in the last uh, few years in license holders. And I'm I'm guessing that we're getting pretty close to about a million licenses right now. So uh, that's uh, that to me is a figure that that I really like to see continue to go up. And uh, and like I said, we 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 need more people carrying. We need more people join GeorgiaCarry.org. Matter of fact, everybody that owns a, a that has one of those Georgia weapons license holders should be a member of Georgia Carry. And uh, also in this report. You know, I, when you go downtown to uh, to the hearings for the uh, gun bills, et cetera, in the Capitol, uh, when you go down there, you hear the gun prohibition stand up and say, well, nobody ever revokes any of their licenses, blah, 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 and how how uh, we are not the safest segment of the population, but we know different. Uh, the ones that say that none are ever revoked, just last year there were 121 GWLs revoked or not last year, during 2016. And if you divide that out, you, you're going to get an error rating on your c- computer because it just doesn't go anywhere near that. Uh, and out of the 211,187 applicants that applied last year for a license, for a new license, 2,224 were denied. So the people that are applying for the license are, are law-abiding, at least according to their records, and... Uh, at least 171 of them uh, committed some kind of crime to get theirs revoked. Now, I don't particularly like that news, but like I said, that's that's not even a, a rounding off factor. There's that is such a small uh, number; it's unreal. And if you look at at the states we talked about last week uh, on this program, that there were studies done in Texas and studies done in Florida that showed numbers wise that that people who possessed a carry license were the most law-abiding citizens, citizens of any segment of the population. And this kind of goes right along with that. Uh, the gun prohibitionists hate to hear that, but that's just the way it is. And they're going to continue to hear it, at least for me, because that, that's the way it is. I don't know of anybody that goes around looking for trouble that has a Georgia weapons license. Uh, so... At any rate, good news. Like I say, we're getting close to a million uh, license holders here in Georgia. I know Florida has like a million and a quarter, and Texas has over a million as well. So we're getting right on up there with those people. Uh, Some of the things that happened on the national level this year, 
after Trump was sworn in. Uh, we talked about last uh, just last week, 1911s were returned to uh, to sell for uh, by the civilian marksmanship program to people like me and you. We can go over and, and buy one of those. Some of them are collectors, and uh, they're very nice guns, regardless of whether they're collector's items or not. There is a procedure. You need to contact uh, the civilian uh, marksmanship program and uh, find out what procedure you need to take, because I think they only let like 10,000 go at the first on the first part of it. So it's going to take a while to, to get everything worked out and get all the, the numbers that we should be able to get before it's over with. We should be able to get just about all of the of the ones that were used, at least during World War II in Korea, because those guns should be too old for the military to be using. Uh, prior, uh, prior to uh, Obama leaving office, if you remember, he put in a Social Security denier, which said that if you were... Uh, if you were unable to take care of your own uh, finances, that you were a prohibited person. And Trump uh, got rid of that executive order. So those were pretty good things. Another thing that happened, too, uh, this year is uh, national reciprocity has passed the House. We think that that's a good deal. Uh, and uh, a lot of people say that, that when it's now that it's in the Senate, it doesn't have a chance to pass. And they may be right. There may not be, be a, a chance to pass it, but it's closer than we've ever been, and we need to contact our uh, senators and, and tell them how we feel about it. And along with national carrier reciprocity, uh, we have picked up, we being the pro-gun people, have picked up a very good spokesperson uh, who will probably be right at the front of the, of the fight for national carrier. Uh, national carrier reciprocity, and that is Shanine Allen. That name may or may not be familiar to you, but that's the young lady who uh, went through the process in Pennsylvania, got her carry license, and drove to New Jersey. She was stopped by a policeman uh, for some traffic violation, and the first thing she did was tell him that she had a gun and explain the way she had been taught to do in Pennsylvania. She did not understand that New Jersey had different rules, and, and so therefore she was uh, put in jail. Uh, she was kept there for a while. Uh, she faced up to 11 and a half years in prison for possessing that, that legally purchased firearm in her home state. And uh, two years afterwards, Christie finally pardoned her when he realized he was going to be running for governor, that might be, or running for president, and that might be a thorn in his side from the gun people. To, he he uh, went ahead and, and finally pardoned her, which he should have, uh, you know, the minute it hit his desk, he should have said, we don't need this. But uh, there are a lot of states still that do not accept any license from anybody. Shanine thought that uh, that her carry permit was just like her driver's license. It should be good everywhere. We agree with that statement, but it's a wrong statement. And we don't dismiss the fact that, that it was still, the onus was still on her to know what the law was. The fact that the law was bad is another story. But as we tell all of you, and uh, we, we put it on our website, anybody that I talk to, I tell them, you got to abide by the laws of the state that you're in. If they don't allow you to carry, you can't carry. If they allow you to carry concealed, you can't carry openly. So you have to, uh, you know, it's your responsibility if you're going to carry a gun across the state line to know what the laws are. With national reciprocity, that will still be the same. You will still be 
uh, required to know what their laws are because there will be different places off limits, et cetera, and, and methods of carry that uh, are going to differ as well. So uh, national reciprocity is not a fix-all for a cure-all for everything, but it will help get us along the way to where we don't have to, to worry so much about uh, about crossing a state line, especially with it in an automobile when you're just going somewhere. Uh, so uh, this may turn out to be a good thing for for the gun rights group because Shanine Allen is, number one, black, number two, a single parent raising, I believe, two kids. I'm not sure. And, uh, you know, she went through all this, and I, I think she lost her job or she was close to it if she didn't. So it's... Uh, it's something that you have to be aware of, and you have to you have to understand. So, I think it's good news that that uh, she's going to be on our side. Got another little story here that I thought was really cool news, and that uh, should take us up to the break. But uh, in uh, Kokomo, Indiana, a nine-year-old boy was in the back seat of the truck of his dad's truck, and his dad got out, went into the store, left the engine running. Uh, there was a guy that jumped into the car that was going to hijack the car and started to put it in gear, and this nine-year-old kid takes his pellet gun and sticks it right in the guy's head and explains to him that's not a good thing for him to do. Well, the the perp got out and ran to another vehicle uh, and got in that vehicle vehicle and took off, and when the son's dad came back, they followed him until... Uh, the, the police finally caught him. So here you got a nine-year-old kid with a, with a pellet pistol that stopped a crime, and yet we're told that, that good guys with guns never stop crimes. I'd say wrong again. So that was a good a good deal for, uh, for us and for him, and uh, he became a hero all of a sudden. Um, got several other shootings here we want to talk about as well. Uh, but, uh, boy, this commercial's just snuck right up here. Uh, <laughs> I want to remind you one more time, uh, go to georgiacarry.org, our website. You can uh, join. You can renew uh, online. You can join up for multiple years. You can uh, uh, see everything that we've ever done. We have a great uh, frequently asked questions section. You can contact me. You can, uh, you can contact any of our officers. Uh, you can download the commercial-free podcast from our website. You can download the commercial-free podcast here at uh, Newstalk1160.com. You can follow us at Georgia Carey on Twitter. I'm at GotYourBack64 on Twitter, and we will be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's executive director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio hour. Uh, talking a little bit about some of the good things that have happened here recently in the, in the last few days. Uh, there were several items where the use of a firearm has uh, come into play once again and has stopped crimes. I told you about the nine-year-old boy with his pellet gun well, there were some older people with their, their real guns that stopped a few. Uh, Fort uh, Pierce Pizza Delivery uh, defended himself. He was called uh, to take a delivery into the neighborhood, and when he got there, he realized that the address was wrong, and he turned around to leave, and someone was standing in the street. He got out to see him because he thought maybe that was the guy that had ordered it. 
the guy pulled a gun on him, and he said, uh, he told the, the perp, he said, well, there's more money in the car. Let me go back there and get it. He went back to his car, and it gave him time to get his, his uh, concealed weapon out, and he wound up uh, shooting the guy. Uh, now, one of the good things about this, and we've seen this happen with, with pizza deliveries before, uh, and, and well, any kind of deliveries, but mostly pizza deliveries. When they use a firearm, like Pizza in, they use the firearm to defend their lives. They get fired. This guy, uh, Goodfellas Pizza, uh, is the name of the place, and the owner says his drivers have the right to arm themselves. His colleagues are glad he took his safety seriously. Hopefully they will get the message that we're not going to take crap anymore, said the delivery driver who did the shooting. And he said his, uh, the owner said his uh, other employees have been robbed in that area before, and they can refuse to ta- deliver pizzas into that area. He said sometimes pizza delivery is a shaky business, and, and we've seen that before. We know that to be the case. Uh, he didn't, uh, the perp in this instance wasn't killed, but he is in the hospital. So it, it's good to have a good story come out that the, the guy who defended himself doesn't get in trouble with his, his uh, employer. Uh, in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, the residents killed uh, one of three home invasion suspects during Christmas uh, Eve. Uh, they were at home. Uh, the resident was home, and he opened fire on three people who tried to come in during Christmas Eve to uh, to invade his privacy and his home and, and take whatever they felt like they wanted. Uh, so he killed one and, uh, and uh, injured the other ones. And so... Uh, once again, a good man with a gun stops a bad man with a gun. In uh, Morganton, North Carolina, something a little more unusual, but it's the same, same basic thing. The title of the story was D.A. Uh, says that mother's justified in shooting daughter's boyfriend dead in a trailer park. And uh, what had happened, he had been in jail. The guy had lived there, and he got kicked out last week. And he was in jail, and they let him out, and he was told not to go back there. Well, he went back there, and when he went back in there, the uh, his girlfriend's mother uh, took it upon herself to take care of that problem. He is no longer a problem to society. And uh, once again, good person with a gun. Um, so there's uh, I've got one more good story here, and then we'll talk about a couple of bad stories. But uh, one of the stories is that... Uh, a federal court last week held that an involuntary emergency treatment of a Pennsylvania man for less than 24 hours did not trigger a lifetime ban on firearms. Uh, Alton Frank- Franklin uh, from Pennsylvania, uh, in 2002, uh, after he uh, had a, a fight with his girlfriend, broke up, he appeared at, at the police station, and he had 20-something stab wounds in his arms where he had... Um, said that he was he was drunk and he had been playing uh, some kind of stupid drinking game and wound up getting stabbed 20 times in the arms and he came there for help. Well, the officer said that they were afraid that he was uh, that he was a, a uh, threat to himself and others, so they ordered him to uh, be involuntarily uh, admitted to a mental health facility for up to 122 hours or 120 hours. However, he only stayed 24. Since then, he's not been any, uh, not had any mental health orders issued against him. 
Uh, he went on to earn a bachelor's degree, a paralegal certification, and works as a correctional officer for the state of Kentucky. However, in 2013, he was advised that he was a prohibited person, uh, that they, uh, that uh, Nix had a uh, an active file on him and that he could not buy or own a firearm due to the time that he spent in that mental hospital. Well, he started uh, obviously going through, uh, and he... Uh, he had to wind up uh, appealing it to the district or to the uh, U.S. court, and uh, in doing so, he won the the uh, the decision. So uh, it said that uh, one of the things that it said is that uh, the federal court took exception last week, saying he was never adjudicated as a mental defective or committed to a mental institution as it applied to federal law. The decision to submit him. Was, uh, was made by a police officer, an unspecified officer in the county administrator's office, and a position, not a court, board, or commission. And so, therefore, he overturned it. And that's what we have said for ages. You don't need people to be adjudicated. They have to be adjudicated in order to, to, uh, to not be, uh, or to, be, to have their rights taken away from them. Now, some of the bad... Uh, there was a there was a, a story on TV last week you might have seen around here and I, I I know I was interviewed for it I don't know whether I was in it or not but the story came to light about basically it's about the the gun laws SB three fifty that passed in twenty twelve that uh, that told the the uh, counties and uh, cities etc that they had to to once they they couldn't find the owner of a farm they had to sell them. As you know, Atlanta's got ten or twelve thousand, depending on who tells what story down there. And this came to light because during one of the debates, Stacey Abrams uh, accused Stacey Evans of uh, of being pro-gun because she voted for that bill in in two thousand twelve. Uh, the bill actually dealt with a whole lot of confiscated items, not just firearms, and the deposition of those items, but. Of course, uh, this was brought to light, and as soon as it did, gun prohibitionist Senator uh, Elena Parent jumped on the bandwagon, and uh, she's supporting a bill to repeal the existing law and let the department destroy the items. Um, I don't think we should do that. Uh, That is, you know, they act like, number one, we're putting guns back on the street. We're not putting guns back on the street. We're selling guns to people who have the right to uh, buy and sell firearms federal license dealers that's the only people that can buy these farms and if you and i go down to buy one we have to go through a background check just like we do if we go down and buy a brand new smith and wesson same difference the gun is going to a legal law-abiding citizen that passes their background check and by their i mean the gun prohibitionist background check to prove that we are are willing to do that to get a farm but uh elena parent thinks that this is insane and thereby i'm assuming I'm insane as well, but you probably already knew that. Uh, so it's just uh, it's another one of those stories that that doesn't mean much, doesn't do much. Uh, but there's no need to instro- destroy those firearms. They don't destroy guns or cars that were used in crimes. Uh, it just they act like guns have memory. Gun doesn't know that it was used to kill somebody. So uh, we don't need to to worry about that. Another thing that came up. Uh, that was kind of bad to me. Uh, there's a long article in um, 
on the Washington Free Beacon about pro-gun women regularly facing violent sexual harassment. And these are, are women who go out and advocate for the right to carry and defend themselves, etc. And you need to go look that article up. Uh, some of the things that, that have been said to these women, I can't repeat on the air here, but uh, they these women go out and they've already been accosted, they've been raped, or they've been attacked, and when they go out to try to defend themselves, all kinds of gun prohibitions jump all over them because of the fact that they're actually defending themselves. They, people don't want you to defend yourself in any case. And it, it's just, like I said, it's a long story. It, it's really, to me, it's kind of depressing and disheartening that, that people act that way. But it's a fact of life they do, and you need to be aware of it. I was not really aware of it until I saw this one. So uh, just uh, read it, if you will, and understand that that if your wife or daughter or mother should uh, should have to face any of those things, that there's a good chance that she's going to be uh, accosted and, and uh, screamed at and yelled at and everything else by these gun prohibitionists because of the fact that they just want to defend themselves. I uh, just, just can't, I don't know, I just, it's it, beyond words for me. Um, the, um, and like I said, the, the uh, article is in Washington, Be- Washington Free Beacon, and it was printed December the 18th, 2017. So look it up, see if you can't find it. Uh, it's, it'll be a read worth your while, in my opinion. I get time to go to another break here. I want to remind you one more time, georgiacarry.org is our website. Uh, $20 a year for membership. You can uh, you can join for multiple years. You can uh, have us automatically bill you uh, at the end of your uh, year time. We have live membership for $500. You We have a great website, answer an awful lot of questions. Uh, you can... Uh, contact us there you can download the commercial free podcast you can download the commercial free podcast here at newstalk1160.com and we will be right back and now back to georgiacarry.org radio with georgiacarry.org's executive director jerry henry Welcome back to TorchCarry.org Radio Hour. I uh, got a couple other things on the on the bad side, or at least one thing on the bad side here, uh, and that is the fact that uh, that the DOJ Department of Justice uh, they're proposing broadening the definition of a machine gun to include bump stocks. Now, this is about as ludicrous as it gets, in my opinion. If you put a bump stock on a on a AR-15, it automatically becomes a machine gun. That is, that's the most ridiculous thing I've seen in, in writing in years, but apparently the Department of Justice of the United States is going to try to do it. Um, it's, uh, you know, it, it, even Obama's ATF agreed they, when they approved bump stocks uh, for sale in 2010 that it did not convert a semi-automatic into a fully automatic. And it doesn't, it's not going to, uh, it's a, the ATF now recognizes bump stocks as an accessory to allow a gun owner to mimic full automatic in short bursts without actually changing or converting the action of the firearm. 
So this uh, this push to me and most uh, most pro gun people uh, is a backdoor uh, approach to more gun control. Uh, I guess uh, this may be a good story here. I think I got it under the bed, but ammunition sales surge as California seeks to beat new gun controls. For those of you who haven't heard, if you live in, in California, and this is, I guess, a good and bad uh, story because uh, the good about it is if you're selling ammunition, now's the time to sell it in California. you got another day or so. And then after that, uh, Californians will have to go through a background check to buy, to purchase ammunition, and they will only be allowed to purchase so much. So since they passed that bill uh, last year, in 2016, it's, it was Proposition 63. And luckily for us, and we got to stay that way, Georgia doesn't have propositions. You can't go out and sign a petition and get it put on the ballot and then all the idiots vote for it. You, you can get the only thing that goes on the ballot comes from the General Assembly. And uh, that's in the way of, of, uh, of amendments, or uh, they can also run like polls on them and find out what what people think about them but uh you can't go down and and sign a petition at uh, the local in the local area and come down and bring it to the general assembly and they have to put it on the on the ballot that's what they do out west and that's how a lot of these things happen but some of the things that's happened with the this is from emma man's uh, uh who sells an awful lot of ammunition especially in california it says that uh he says that California is consistently at the top of our sales, but the biggest difference is that in 2014, about one in ten packages was going to California. Last year, it was about one in every packages. Today, every other package we ship is going to California. And uh, they've been running well above their normal sales all year and have steadily climbed and are continuing to climb uh, as they uh, approach January 1 when it will no longer be allowed in California. And one of the, thing, one of the things I thought was kind of funny, if the percentages for sales this year above the normal month, May was 134% above, June was 134%, July 147%, August 138%, September 152%, October 151%, November 173%, and December 187% percent above last year's because people are going to they're going crazy trying to buy ammunition so that they don't have to go down and run a background check which proves another thing that we always say when you make it difficult for people to get when you try to ban something people are going to do their best to get it and you will not stop it they will get it they will have it and there's not much you can do about it uh you can go around to, i guess kick in every doors and find out what's going on but other than that you're not going to um, California, this is an ugly story in my opinion here in California, Los Angeles County. Los Angeles County has a population of 10.2 million residents. California, or the, by an audit by the California state, shows that L.A. County has issued a total of 197 permits to those 10.2 million people. That's about one permit issued to every 50,000 residents 
and it highlights the freedom-crushing danger of hinging concealed permits issuance guidelines to good cause requirement. Uh, the danger arises from the fact that such a policy places ultimate approval of a concealed permit application in the hands of local law enforcement officer who arbitrarily decides who can and cannot exercise the national right to bear arms. Now, uh, also in this report, you will find that uh, they just grabbed out of, the, out of the clear blue, they grabbed 25 uh, licenses that were issued and reviewed them to see who they went to. And 22 of the 25 went to somebody connected with law enforcement community. They were former current law enforcement officers, judges, court commissioners, retired federal judges, deputy district attorneys. And uh, of the 197 licenses that were issued in Los Angeles, uh, only nine were issued to applicants outside of that community. So obviously, if you're not in that community, you're not going to get a, a firearm. Now, um, Sacramento, they 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 uh, interpret that a little bit differently, in that uh, the self-defense or defense of others sufficient to meet good cause requirement is what that uh, sheriff says. So as a result, he's issued uh, a little over nine thousand permits to a population of one point five million, uh, which is is better. But it's still not, it's still not good. Uh, that's about one in every 164 residents, where we have uh, we have one in uh, we we have one in about every 14 or 15 somewhere along in there, which is which is much much better than than uh, uh, what they are doing. Also, I wanted to mention Chicago over Christmas. You know. The gun prohibitionist dream of a, of a city that's controlled by guns or gun control uh, would be Chicago, Illinois. According to the Sometimes News this year, only five men were killed and at least 20 other people were wounded in shootings across Chicago over the four-day Christmas week. Uh, and that is a pretty good example to me of why it doesn't work. But the better one is uh, last year, 59 people were shot uh, in Chicago over the weekend, leaving 11 dead. So they cut their numbers by about half this year. So it's quite an improvement, but you can bet it didn't have a whole lot to do with gun control. That is a ridiculous, uh, as far as I'm concerned, that's just a ridiculous city of, uh, and a perfect example of why gun uh, control does not work. It does not work. It has not worked. It is not going to work. We're going to have to sit here and fight it uh, and uh, we will do this, that, but gun control is not the cure-all to everything. Uh, getting ready to close here uh, in a few minutes, I want to remind you one more time. I want to welcome you, or I want to wish you a merry, um, happy New Year. I hope I wished you Merry Christmas last week. Uh, happy New Year, and I want everybody to stay safe, have a good time, uh, enjoy the ball games. Uh, those of you who are Georgia fans should have a good day uh, on Sunday. Uh, and uh, hopefully everything will come out uh, the way that you want it in a way that I think most people in Georgia would really like to see another national championship here, even if uh, even if they're not Georgia fans. Uh, think, I think if it really got down to it, they'd like to see that. So we're going to have a lot of bowls, uh, bowl games this weekend. Uh, going to have uh, a good time to, to be with family, and, and like I said, just, just don't let uh, – 
don't let an excess uh, ruin your weekend or your your year, basically the rest of your life or whatever it might be. Um, it's a it's a time of the year that we should uh, we should all enjoy, and uh, also don't forget the weather. Saying there may be snow on uh, New Year's Eve, so take that into account when you start going out. Uh, it's been a good show, I think. We need to remind you, go to georgiacarry.org, our website. You can join. You can see everything that we've ever done. You can contact me at gotyourback64. Uh, follow me on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us at georgiacarry on Twitter. Uh, you can download the commercial-free podcast here at newstalk1160.com or on our website at georgiacarry.org. Uh, either place works. And we will see you next week, next year. Thanks for listening to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, hosted by Georgia Carry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. Join us each week for information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, Saturday mornings at 8 only on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.